Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Outstanding. Again, I feel like I use that one a lot. We use outstanding a lot. Uh, We apologize ahead of time if there's some gurgling in the background. I have no idea why it's doing that. But uh, to get us started here, we're going to get started right off the bat. And usually when we get started right off the bat without talking, that means we got somebody special joining us. That's right. Now, today is that day. So if you have ever wondered what it would be like to throw out a first pitch at a Major League Baseball game, we have a special guest on the Mosquito Control Hotline with us today to tell us everything you need to know about throwing out a first pitch is Mr. Joe Leonard. Joe, how are you today? I am doing awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. We appreciate you coming. And Joe, uh, like we said, is on the Ohio Mosquito Control Hotline. Uh, Ohio Mosquito Control, uh, you know, they offer uh, quality services to the Cincinnati area. Reasonable prices, right? Just any kind of services Any you kind want? of services. Mostly uh, the service that they provide is killing mosquitoes in your yard. And it works. Not very nice. I have, well, you know, there's <laughs> many, many... Come to find out, there's like 70 different types of mosquitoes. I hate every one of them. And so they've got some them. kind of formula that takes care of all of them. No bites. Everything's good. Uh, you know, it, may, it might take to the second treatment to get rid of all of them, but they're pretty much all gone after the first. Check them out. They can do one-time treatments if you got some kind of special party, or they will uh, set you up with a whole summer summer deal. You ever heard of the uh, Derek Dietrich species? Uh, he's it's not a mosquito. The, uh, he's, he's not a mosquito. No, at that all. is no, it really is a, uh, species of mosquito. All right. We're done with that. <laughs> Ohio mosquito yeah. control. Check them out. Ohio dash MC.com. You set up your appointment there. Uh, they'll bill you there. Everything that you need to know. Ohio dash MC.com. That's Ohio mosquito control. They're the pest of the pest. Joe, buddy, I'm pretty oh. excited to talk to you today, man. Always excited to talk to you, Chris. So Joe is a is a is a longtime friend of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, one of the largest uh, and most faithful fans that we have. Joe, uh, Joe, we appreciate everything. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in every Wednesday, ten thirty on the Facebook Live. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, I definitely always do. have a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. All right, so let's get into this. So. Joe threw out the first pitch at the Major League Baseball at the Cincinnati Reds game. Was that this past weekend? Yeah, on Friday. So set us up with uh, what, what? How? First off, how does a guy get to throw the first pitch at a Major League Baseball game? Yeah, and I'm glad you started there because I got to set it up. So I've been asked a lot about, hey, did I get to practice pitching leading up to it? Given that you know Cincinnati's got some history. You know, Mayor Mark Mallory, I'm sure Ooh. you remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, first first, I want to start off saying Joe did not pull a, uh, a Mayor Mallory. Congratulations <laughs> on that. So, But I actually didn't find out that I was throwing it until that afternoon. So Ooh. no chance to practice at all. They didn't um, let you underneath, like to do something underneath? The... No, nothing. Nothing. Wow. They escort okay. you. So I find out that afternoon um, through my uh, the law firm that I work for, we – um, got the opportunity. Shout it out, man. Who are they? Yeah, KMK Law. Uh, we got to uh, select someone to uh, throw out the first pitch, and I just happened to be entertaining our summer associates, which is another way to say summer interns. Nice. Uh, in our firm suite at the ballpark that night, 
And so I was uh, selected by the group to represent the group to go out and uh, throw out the first pitch. So, But I didn't find out that that happened until Friday afternoon. So it was sort of a last-minute thing. You know, immediately kind of got on the phone, called Trish, my wife, and said, hey, this is happening. And so she got the kids together because they wanted to come down and watch me do it. You so, have to. Are you kidding me? That's like the first all, thing that he, the family has to be there. Yes, it, it, it all kind of happened last minute. But no, when you when you arrive, they put a wristband on you. They say, hey, here's a glove and a ball, but, you know, just hold on to it. You get marched down to the field. Um, you go through all the tunnels and all that. But you don't get a chance to practice. I mean, you're, you're on the field. They're still, you know, lining the field at that point, putting chalk around the – home plate they're hosing down the mound and yep. I mean, you're just kind of standing there waiting for the time for you to go out there so no practice at all you just kind of so there's a there. there's a video that we're going to post on the nosebleed sports podcast if you want to watch this on the on the facebook page uh if that's okay with you yeah sure all right so we're going to post this out there so you can watch it because this is really super fun joe uh so so joe you can see we're going to kind of go through this Nobody's going to be able to see this right now, but I'm going to walk everybody through the video. Joe's going to kind of tell us what's going on. So first off, the, you know, they got the camera in front of you. They're waving to you. You can see the chalk machine in the background, which is, you know, obviously beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, who is this you got with you here, Joe? So this is my colleague, uh, Sarah Geiger. Uh, we're both uh, litigators at KMK Law. So she was uh, nice enough, I guess, to volunteer uh, to catch it. So, again, leading up to the – first pitch that afternoon everyone was kind of in my ear saying you know don't bounce it make sure you get it there if you're going to throw it high you know that's the way to go so she uh keywords 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 don't bounce it let's just remember those keywords for a little later (laughs) keywords for a little later all right so uh so sarah's here with you you're here they're announcing you guys we're going to turn this up a little bit so the people listening can hear what's going on uh let's see here we go as he makes his way out to the mound to offer up a ceremonial first pitch. I love it. Please welcome Joseph Leonard. Good waves. Oh, Joseph Leonard. There we go. Sarah Geiger. Sarah gonna Geiger. The catching duties the catching on duty. her shoulders this evening. All right, so Sarah's walking out there like she she knows what she's doing. Did you guys have any conversation before this that she had? Does she have any idea of uh, how to catch a ball or anything? No, she. Uh, our firm has a softball team. She's come out and played before, so she – She's more than capable to, uh, uh, to catch the ball. Um, most of our conversation beforehand was just don't bounce it, get it over the plate, and make sure it's you know in a in a position where she can catch it. And then, in fact, before we walked out of the field, uh, Phil Castellini actually came over and offered up some advice. Oh yeah, what did he say? <laughs> he told me. He said, you know, you're kind of a big dude. I hope you're not going out there to try to sling it in there. And I said, no, don't worry about that. And then he. He said, all right, well, go up there, you know, get on the rubber, but, you know, just throw it like you're throwing a football in your backyard, nice and easy, over the top, and uh, get it over the plate. And so that's uh, that's what I aimed to do. That was it. Hey, how cool is that? Phil Castellini, I didn't, I've never heard this part of the story. So you got to hang out with Big Phil. Yeah, that's right. Did you get any veggies? <laughs> <laughs> do you guys help him out whenever somebody gets like, because right, you guys are business law, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I mean, if it if it's something you're not allowed to say, just just you know, no comment me like every lawyer does. <laughs> but but uh, have you ever had to litigate for any kind of veggie uh, bad veggies sold by the Castellini family or anything like that? 
I'll just uh, I'll just say no comment on that one. <laughs> there you go. Good, that man. sounds good. That so sounds you're good. so you're walking out at this point. We saw Sarah go behind the plate. You're walking out to the mound. Are you are you shaking? Like is your whole body shaking? Or are you thinking like this is no big deal? I'm just gonna toss it over and it's gonna be over. Are you a nervous wreck? Like I would be here. No, I just channeled my inner two Holloway ice in my veins. Yeah, baby, <laughs> I see ya. But honestly, I was just bring saying it out myself, five just, two. Just get it over. Just get it over the plate. That's all that I was saying to myself. No nerves at all. Do not bounce it. No nerves. No no butterflies. No nothing. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm walking out center stage, Great American Ballpark, and I have to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. All I ever do is talk about how accurate my arm is because it's the least strong arm ever in the history of throwing any type of ball. Same. But I'm a pretty accurate guy. Mm-hmm. I would be freaking out on the mound right now Yep. if I was Joe. All right, so Joe's here. So we're about to get a little drum roll. That it, they, they play a drum roll over the loudspeaker. That, once again, would just get me even more nervous. <laughs> I don't recall any of that. Honestly, just in the zone, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, get on the rubber, face the plate, do you know do some kind of wind up and just get it over the plate that's i mean i didn't hear the music i didn't hear anything that's all oblivious oblivious i love it so so you got a pretty good job here i paused it your your step point uh throw from from directly over top you're you're at a perfect 90 degree uh not coming from a from any kind of slot except for direct behind the head i like it uh following big phil's big phil's information here now this is where uh, I don't want you to explain anything. I would like to just uh, play this and tell everybody what happens, and then I want your reaction. All right, so here we go. Hit play. Joe throws it. It's a little high. Oh, and the ball bounces. Not in the dirt, but off Miss Sarah Geiger's dome. <laughs> right so, over top of the glove. So as soon as you hit her in the head, what's going through your mind? So – I've got to say, for the record, this video has been dissected numerous times. It's been debated. It hit her head. It definitely hit her head. I'm telling you, to, to, to this point, both from her perspective and there's many others, um, the official position is that it did not hit her head and it grazed off her glove and may have hit her in the shoulder. But No, um, sir. Huh. No, sir. This hit her head. I can see her hair move. So, Boom! Yeah, right there, the hair I can see on her shoulder. Clearly, can see the hair move. This hit directly off the top of her top. Uh, I'm going to say the top right side of her head. Let me tell you why I believe what Joe's saying about the about the shoulder because she didn't react like she got hit in the head with the ball. She reacted. Well, it's like not like it, he threw it hard. But but it's still. I mean, first of all, kudos for going all the way out to the rubber, Joe. Yeah. Because most people stand there like on the grass in front of the or like on the front of the mound, like. Come on. Yeah. And then go the to, pause. Go to the he even paused with the he got the front leg up. Uh-huh. He got the front leg up. Goes and he does goes from the wind up too. Not the stretch. Goes from the wind up. Well, there was nobody on base. Right. Goes from the wind up, step back, move, then the hold. I like the hold. That hit her in the head, dude. <laughs> I want, I'm I'm slowing this thing down. That hit her in the head. I agree though. She didn't act like it did. Now tell me this, Joe. No words here. Wait, no words from Joe. He's walking in. The video's on him. You don't say a word to her. She says something to you and you laugh. What can't, What happened? She, I think she said, I thought I caught it. <laughs> oh, yikes. I think you definitely hit her in the head. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so so if you watch it over and over again, it's funny to watch the people behind the plate. So Rosie Red definitely thought it hit her head because oh, she, she grabs her head her immediately. Her head. But if you watch, there's another woman in a red jersey that kind of touches her shoulder to indicate she's kind of talking to the person next to her, and she seems to support that the the thought that it just grazed off her glove and then onto her shoulder. Okay, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the girl in the reds jersey. She's behind Rosie Red, so not the best view. That's a big dome she's got to see past. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not seeing. Okay, here's the throw. Boom! Ooh, ooh, she jumped a little bit. Like she jumped. Oh, because it hit her in the shoulder. Uh, then she said back back of the neck shoulder area. Okay. Oh. I still think it hit her in the head. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Joe, I got to say, man, that's one of the coolest things that could ev- that anybody could ever do. I Like, that is, I've never done it. I know that I never will do it. Pro- out of, there's no reason for me to ever throw a first pitch. So congratulations to you. That was a, that's a pretty slick little, that's a pretty slick little uh, debut right there. Yeah, I mean, in the words in the words of Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean, how can you not be romantic about baseball? That's a boy. <laughs> if that's not the truth, right there. If that is not the truth, right there. So, any chance she sues you for hitting her with the ball? I mean, I guess that the, would be a so the, su- that would be right, a super case. Who is? Yeah, who's the better litigator here? I mean, you you oh, bonked wow. her you bonked her in the head, so she's going to be a little slower, probably. <laughs> I'll I'll use my second no comment of the night. There we go. That's good call. There this is a go. smart man, right? Man, here. that's why he's it's a lawyer. Funny, I told man. her if she would have fallen to the ground, we probably would have gotten Sports Center. Oh, there's oh, no yeah. doubt. If she, oh yes, there's no doubt. <laughs> in Cincinnati, first pitches would be right back on where we are, where we were with Mark Mallory. So you got to keep the uh, ball, correct? Yeah, that was another thing is that so because she was the catcher, whoever picked it up, you know, handed it to her. And there was kind of like a brief, awkward kind oh, of yeah. who gets you know, this? moment of who gets to keep the ball. And she, she looked at me and said, oh, you get the ball. And I'm like, OK. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> yes, you're right. I get the ball. Thank you very much. Did you have her sign it? Did I have her sign it? Yeah, did you have Sarah sign it? <laughs> No, no, uh, maybe I should. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I would have Sarah sign it. I think I'd write first pitch, whatever, May, June, whatever date that was. Yeah, have her sign it up. That's pretty. Yeah, that's a pretty that's special probably, day. That's probably the second biggest question I always get is, you know, could I have picked a player? And I guess they just don't do that. You can't. Yeah, you can't uh, uh, pick a player to throw to. There's nobody because once in a while a player does come out. I yeah. guess maybe if they don't have anybody, they just see if somebody wants to volunteer or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy, Joe. That's pretty slick. So, so uh, congratulations. If anybody wants to hit uh, anybody, first off, Joe's a pretty good follow on Twitter. Absolutely, he is. Yeah, Joe, what's your Twitter handle there, buddy? It's at at l the letter underscore fuego. El fuego. That's it. What's Just, the story behind that? Yeah. Um. So he's on fire. It goes well. Yeah, fuego means fire. But so you're the uh, fire. Does that mean make yeah. you the fire? <laughs> Well, back in third grade CYO basketball. Oh, okay. Two Joes on the team, and every time they yelled Joe on the court, it created created confusion. So one of my coaches just started calling me by the first initial of my last name, L, and I've been called that by my grade school and high school friends ever since. So they call you El Fuego. Yeah, or just L. Or just the letter L. I love it. Growing up, (laughs) that's awesome. That is nice. Ah, well. Dude, that is, uh, I'll tell you, that's pretty slick. All right, so, Joe, you've been with us for a very long time. You've been watching us forever, listening to us forever. 
do me a favor and uh, do you have any questions? Do you have anything you would like to bring up? Um, we're going to let an open topic. We're going to have an open topic here for you. Do you have anything for us to, to, to throw some ideas at or, or spit at? Yeah, I mean, obviously every week I always got a bunch of things to say in the Facebook Live comments, but <laughs> this one this one just came, just is on my mind just within the recent hour because it's been a heated topic on Twitter. So I guess last night, I think it was, in a minor league baseball game, combined no-hitter going on, going into the ninth, one out, and the, the, the hitter bunts on to first. Yes. And there's a big debate going on in the baseball world about whether or not that violated some kind of unwritten rule. Um, so yeah, I just throw that out there as a topic. All right. So, so first off, before we go to this, cause I got my, I, I have, I feel very strongly about this. Okay. All right. And this came up, I want to say about, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, this happened when Schilling was pitching in Arizona. I'll never forget that. Like they it made happens a, like once a year. Really? No, <laughs> not that, like that. Not. Oh, uh, maybe it's happened a couple other times, but it, there's some big ones that have happened. Anyway, the, the Schilling one was big one. Um, so, I will let uh, I'll let you start though, Joe. What do you think about this? Well, my first thought is that it's really an academic question because two things. First, it last night's game, it was a combined no hitter, so I have less issue with it because it was a combined no hitter. What was the score at the time? Three to nothing. Three to nothing. Okay, that's important. Yeah, it's very that so, is that is so important. It's not even funny. Yep. So combined no hitter and also. I'm of the opinion that the base runner actually ran outside the base path and should have been called out for that regardless of whatever happened. But that's besides the point. That's not why the, the fight point. broke out. But no, the question, though, is should that be allowed? I think so. I think you you play to win the game. Ah, and, I love uh, it. I think especially with three nothing, I mean, three nothing, I think that's significant. I think if you're someone that's, either not hitting well or um, just needs to get on base. You know, if it was Billy Hamilton one back in his day, Hell I'd, be yes. his, I'd be in his ear saying you better bunt to get on. Because you definitely ain't hitting against this guy today, obviously. <laughs> he hasn't no. given up a hit. Here's my deal. But, Go ahead. I say bunt. Bunt. Yeah, 100%. I got, so I have no problem with it. This score's got to be less than a five-run game. Five runs or less. I'll even give you five runs. I'm okay with it because anything can happen in a baseball game, and you can. Bunts are one of the best rally starters that you can have. First off, you don't see them very often, and if you're getting beat, nobody wants to get beat, and nobody wants to get no hit. So if you want to go up there and you want to throw a no hitter, then throw a no hitter. Don't get pissy because somebody got a hit off you off a bunt. That's a legit way to come to approach the plate. And if nobody's getting hit in that night and it's a close game, you want to start a rally. You got to get on base. How else are you going to get on base? You obviously ain't getting a hit. Nobody else did. Throw a bunt down. I love it. I I hate the fact that that you're supposed to give somebody a no hitter. I'm not giving you anything. You earn a no. You earn something special like that. You earn a no hitter. You earn a shutout. You earn a complete game. Uh, perfect game, whatever. Don't, do not, do not get upset. Now, like I said, if it's like seven to nothing, six to nothing, eight to nothing, yeah, go up there and try to get a hit. I would rather see you try to get a hit. But in a closer game, especially three nothing, one nothing, two nothing, hell yes. Drop that bunt down. Give me a hit. Get on base. Get this thing started. You guys are crazy. 
Really? That is so disrespectful to <laughs> oh, the game. Oh, this is uh, so <laughs> that's like I can tell the joke your <laughs> jokes they're coming out of him. I, I'm kidding. I agree with both of you. It's a completely legitimate way to reach base, and you should, especially three nothing. That's that's two guys. That's a bunt getting on, maybe a walk or another hit and a home run. Within three batters, you can tie the game. There's no reason anybody should be upset about a guy bunting to try to get on base. Now, so okay, so let's let's say that scenario. If it's eight nothing and it's the ninth inning, and you bunt, why is it, you have more of a problem? No, with no, that, no. Right? I, oh, I'm, I'm, I. If you bunt in the ninth inning, now I think now, now I think you're just being a dick. And you're, okay. which is fine, which is fine. But I still don't. Have, I know you think that's fine. But I still don't have a problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem with bunting in that situation. Defense, be ready for it. You know, be a, you're the pitcher. If it's a bunt, it's going to be closest to you. If you want to throw a no hitter, go get the ball, throw him out of first base. However, I do think at that point in time, you're doing it uh, for a purpose matter, not not to win the game, but to stop a no hitter and and if if you are bunting in that case i want you to be doing it to try to get a rally started to win the game not could to, that but couldn't they be doing that to do that as well no, you're down I mean, by you're, you're not you're down by you're down by nine or ten and there's two outs in the ninth inning no you're not but doing it but a case. but a home run's not going to help you either there no it's not it's so not. then why why would you not just try to get on base I mean, if you're swinging away, you can't hit the guy. Look, like I said, you can do it. I just think that that it's. I I think in that case, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Now, I don't think that a fight should break out, and I think if you're the pitcher, uh, you know, you should have fielded the ball and threw him out. Like there, you got you have you can't get upset about that. I mean, you can be upset about it, but I I feel like you got to keep that inside and just go. Damn, I almost got myself a. I almost threw a no hitter today. That was a special day. Joe, is there any scenario that you can think of that you are not okay with a guy bunting to get on base during a no hitter? I don't think so. I think I think you got to try to get on base, no matter even the if score, it's twelve no nothing, the, eleven nothing, sixteen two outs nothing, in the ninth, two outs, yeah, two outs in the bottom of the ninth, up, no, you're down eleven nothing. I have no problem with it. No problem with it. You, First off, you shouldn't be bunting with two outs anyway. So if you're bunting with two outs, <laughs> then you're already you're already dumb as an ox. So don't go up there button with two outs, especially in the bottom of the ninth. If there are no outs, though, you're still you're. I mean, isn't that the same thing though? No, I'm more okay with no outs than I am with two outs. Your intention is to get on base either way. Plus, we're talking about a limited number of players that could actually try to do it. Sure, exactly. Which is another thing that drives me crazy. There's no reason that a three, four, or five hitter should not be able to put down a bunt, especially with the way shifts are now. That drive, that's always driven me crazy. I don't care. I know you're taking the bat out of the guy's hands and all that kind of stuff. There are situations that those guys come up in that a bunt is the is the most effective way to advance runners or whatever rather than strike out, ground out, pop. So many different ways to get out. You can give up, basically give up an out and almost ensure that your base runners are advancing in a situation that that needs to happen. I've always felt like that. Joey Votto needs to be able to bunt. David Ortiz needs to be able to bunt. Everybody needs to be able to bunt. Derek Dietrich should be able to bunt. He should be able to. I think, and, I think Derek Dietrich might the be the best. After doing it. He, he, would, he would stand there and watch the bunt. That's what he would I do. I mean, if it was a good bunt, why not? 
Yeah. No, why not? <laughs> exactly. Why First not? off, that's not Joe. Real quick, because this is a standing argument on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm going to say two words. You tell me the first thing that comes to your head. Derek right. Dietrich. Dingers. <laughs> uh, oh, I wanted to remember what what Tyler called him. Uh, yeah, double double dinger, dinger daddy. Something. Yeah. Derek yeah. double dinger daddy Dietrich pimping. <laughs> What is he doing? He nukes. pimps the nukes. nukes. Yes, pimping nukes all day long. <laughs> God, I love that so much. It was so great. <laughs> oh, Jeezel Pete. All right, Joe. Oh, I we just got called. You. I just got a nickname from Tyler. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, Chris, it's fine to be a dick wit. <laughs> I should have never said that. I apologize. We try to keep this thing as no, close no, to PG as possible. No, no, I was just referring to your, to your support for I Derek said, Dietrich standing I said there laying down in the batter's box after he hits a home run. I said it, and then you looked at me and said, yeah, you would. So basically that's you're ex- calling me that. No, but that's what I'm saying because of your support for Derek Dietrich. That specifically, that's what I meant. Gotcha, yeah. I'm just things are slow for me and I'm just realizing that my cousin Adam is calling me names. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right, so Joe, you got anything else before we get it, let you go, man? Cuz no, we're going we're going to talk about some NBA finals. You want to give us your finals prediction? Uh just to say they the it is the third quarter I believe just ended and the Raptors were up was it 96 to 80? They're up like 16 points. They're up, yeah, I want to say 12 or 14, but yeah. yeah. So that so would three. Three finals, I had Warriors in five. Not sure I can uh, really feel strong about that, but I still I still think the Warriors find a way to pull it out. So I I said Warriors in five too. So uh, that was a that, so we agree in that case. However, uh, none of us could have ever known that KD and Clay weren't going to be there for a game. I mean that's it's hard to it's hard to, to stick by a prediction when people get hurt. So now that the injuries have come through and we are this close to the series being 2-1 Raptors, what's your what's your thoughts now? Still think Warriors. Warriors in seven, I'll say. Go in seven. I like it. All right. Very nice. That Very sounds nice. good. I'm with you, too. That's I was because I've turned strongly against uh, Toronto after seeing that Nick Nurse has his own logo hat. Oh, I didn't see he had his own logo hat. I didn't see it either, but I heard about it. I forgot about that. I, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I kind of go against uh, the Raptors just because Nick Nurse has his own masseuse on the sidelines. I was just games. gonna say, is this logo uh, Drake standing behind him giving a <laughs> giving a shoulder <laughs> massage? That's what it should no, be. No, it's it's literally just the letters N N. Wow! Wow! I like that. Hmm. Good for him. All maybe, right. Maybe it stands for. Uh, Nobody's nuisance. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I I'm nothing. getting Chris a uh, a Nick Nurse hat. I think I want an NN hat. <laughs> I take an NN hat. Yep, I'm I'd rock. You one. I'd rock an NN hat. Uh, rocking the the Seattle Mariners hat today. Ooh. The old uh, late '80s Seattle That's Mariners hat. I'm I'm Such loving I'm loving this bad boy today. This is a brand new hat thanks to the neighbor. The neighbor kid brought me a hat over. Big shout out, Danny Cox. All right. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, so Joe, listen, El Fuego, I appreciate I pre- appreciate you coming on, and congratulations to you, uh, congratulations to you being able to throw out a first pitch. That's pretty spectacular. You did bounce it though, and you bounced it off her head. <laughs> hey, you know, one quick thing about that: if she would have gotten down in the crouch, I mean, you'd have thrown a strike, obviously, right? Yeah, you wouldn't have thrown it as high, probably. You right. would have thrown it yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. It would it would have been a lob. But it would have been the same lob, just lower. 
yeah, we talked about it. There was, it was agreed. There was going to be no, no squatting, um, due to, uh, a tire. And so, uh, I said, yeah, I'll just, I'll just lob it over, get it over the plate and just make a nice catch. What's she worried about? She's got one of these girl shirts that like are longer in the back and in the front. Nothing's, nothing's popping out here. <laughs> I don't think that, I think it was just having jeans on, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. I think you always got to go to the crouch. You would have snapped off that. That curveball, that Uncle Charlie, and it would have dropped right in there for a strike. Uh, <laughs> I continue yeah, to watch would, this. She got I hit in the head. I would have been a little more adventurous uh, if she would have gotten down in the catcher's stance. I, as a kid, I threw sidearm, so maybe I would have gone with the, a little submarine action. Oh, nice. I, I mean, the ball definitely did not hit off her head. I keep watching this, and unless you got a different angle from behind, it bounces and, and goes off to the side, and it's head high. Head height when it goes straight left. I don't know the 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 official the official uh, review says uh, not off the head. Yeah, I guess I would have to. This is crazy. I need to, I need to talk to the official scorekeeper at the Reds game or the official <laughs> review guy in New York and Major League Baseball <laughs> because this hit off her head. I got I got beef. The I person want to you have to this. talk to is her. She knows whether it hit she'll off be, her head. She'll or be not. my first. Uh, she'll be my first uh, witness that I will I'll destroy and bury. <laughs> on the stand, <laughs> he's gonna need some coaching, Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, she she will not be a cooperative witness, and I think you'd have your hands full. <laughs> uh, I'm down for it. All right, hey brother Joe, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate appreciate it. El Fuego, uh, you got anything you want to shout out while you're while you're out there? Uh, just zip them up. Looking forward to zip next year's up. season. Yes, sir. Go Muskies. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thanks, Joe. See, see you, buddy. You, Joe. All right, bye. Joe Leonard, everybody. First. Uh, threw out the first pitch at the Reds game this past Friday. Uh, congratulations to him. He did bounce it, not in the dirt, but off his uh, co-worker's head. So <laughs> a lot of fun with that. A lot of fun with Joe. He's a big fan of the show. We appreciate him coming on, and we appreciate all our fans of the show. That just goes to show you, if you're a fan of the show and you do something really cool and interesting, we'll call you up. We'll get you on this show. We're going to get you on. You just hit us up. Let us know what you want to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we might throw you on here. It goes to show you. It goes to show you. Oh, it goes to show you. Good work. (laughs) Good work. Uh, All right, so obviously now that that is over, we've we've got a little bit of Reds talk in. We've got some more Reds talk that we're going to get into today. But to start off, I'd like to get into the NBA Finals. Uh, And looking at these dudes in the NBA Finals, because we got the game on on the side. Uh, It is currently the fourth quarter, 10 minutes, 30 seconds left, and it is a 10-point game. This is going to come down to the – this is going to come down to the wire. Curry's going to hit a couple jumpers, get him in the game. doesn't matter. We're not going to do play-by-play on something that's recorded. So uh, if we get a little distracted, it's because we're probably watching the game. Exactly. I'm trying not to uh, watch too much. Uh, So so in order to focus my attention away from that and on what we're trying to do here – let me tell you something, Chris. No matter your level of fitness. What about my level of fitness? Beginner, intermediate. Let me tell you about my of level fitness. of fitness. Yeah, go my on. level of fitness is zero. I am uh, currently trying to put a back uh, sliding back patio door in my backyard, and I can't even hold a sawzall anymore above my head for more than like eight <laughs> seconds. You well, know, you need to go do. You need to go deal with some kettlebells at training personally. That's exactly right. That's what I need. If you need to be challenged a little bit, usually the problem is getting to the gym. You go to this gym one time, you're going to be excited about going back. You need to be challenged. You need that it that little extra encouragement. 
You go, you go one time, you're going to get it, and you're going to want to go back. Training personally with Peggy Edwards in Cincinnati, Ohio, it is interval circuit training for all levels, whether you're a brand new, you've never worked out before, whether you're in pretty good shape, you want to get in better shape. Peggy Edwards will take care of you. She will She will talk to you about your fitness goals. She'll talk to you about your, your eating habits, your nutrition. And she will set you up with a plan, and she will make sure you reach your fitness goals. Peggy Edwards offers interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer, Peggy Edwards, without the cost of paying for a high-priced personal trainer at your pace, on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts fresh. She keeps them safe. She knows what she's doing. She keeps them fun. She's certified, has all the certifications. Training Personally with Peggy Edwards can be found on Facebook or at trainingpersonally.com. Now, Chris. Talk to me. Let's talk about the finals. I want to talk about the finals. So, obviously, 1-1, you just said. So, there's just under 10 minutes to go. So, they split split in Toronto. Split in Toronto. Uh, Best part about splitting in Toronto is that uh, KD was waiting, waiting not on the bench, but waiting behind the scenes for, for Drake to come out, come back so he could start yelling at him and say, you ain't talking now. You ain't talking much now, are you? He immediately started yelling at Drake. You know that that's what I'm in for here. I'm in for the Drake He uh, was. The he Drake and Clay were waiting outside the locker room for their teammates to get back there. Yeah, and then Drake well, came back and they started yelling and he started talking to him. I didn't him. even hear about that. Oh, well, yeah, that's I saw crazy. it. I can't believe I missed that. Um, so, okay, so, yeah, this Draymond and KD versus Drake thing is going to be all series long. Um, and they're probably going to, if the Warriors win, I bet they come out with, with uh, I bet they go to the parade with Drake shirts on or something. There's oh, going to yeah. be some kind of trolling going on. Something's going to happen. Uh, Drake already did it when he showed up at, uh, for game for game one in Toronto with a Del Curry Raptors jersey. Yep. A uh, little trolling going yep, on there. Yep. Uh, so that was that was actually pretty smart. That was that was a pretty cool move. Um, but anyway, I don't care about this Drake garbage. You don't care about that for real. I don't. I love I, it. I, All right. So talk, let's talk I, about the I actual talk, thing. Then. Obviously, the big thing going into today's game, uh, game three, was whether Clay Thompson, who injured his hamstring in game two in the fourth quarter of game two, whether he was going to be able to play or not. We, ju- we found out. I mean, that was as game time a decision as you can find because right before the game, we found out Clay Thompson is not playing in this game. Uh, we found out earlier in the week that uh, Kevin Durant was officially out for this game, could be possibly back for game four. He may, from what I understand, practice on Thursday. Um, and that's all along Steve Kerr's been saying that we need to see him practice. We we don't we're not going to know yep. whether when he's ready to come back until we see him practice till we can see what he can do, um, and look if he's even remotely close to being able to play in an NBA basketball game he's going to come back and do it. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. If he it's can do the it, NBA he's finals. Yes, if anybody can play, they're going to play, and I think I I think you're going to see both of them before the end of this series without a doubt. I think sure. I would say that Clay will be back before next game. Uh I you might see both of them in game 4. Yes. And that would be big, especially if they lose this this game tonight, uh game 3 
and the Raptors go up 2-1, I think that's going to be even more an encouragement for those guys to come back if they're, I don't know what the number is, 65, 70, 75, 80%, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the number is, but it's it's just a matter of making basketball movements in practice, testing it out, and seeing what you can do. And if it's good enough where they think they can be at least part of what they normally are right. as far as contributing, um, they're going to do it. And look, they might come out and they could re-injure it. And that is the risk that you take, though, in the NBA Finals. This is about winning a championship. This is why you play. Exactly. So there's no – there's no. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is they're both free agents after this season. So I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop watching this. Keep, continue because <laughs> – You are watching I got, something. I got breaking news that I want to I put out here, and we might, get, uh, we might get part of this taken off because I'm about to play something that was on ESPN. So you well, remember? Let me, well, go let, ahead. Really continue. quick. Let Sorry, me let ahead. me ask you this question: How much, if you are one of these guys and you are a free agent after this season, mm-hmm. in a week basically, you become a free agent? Yep. What? How much is it in your head? Look, I need to make sure I don't re-injure myself so that I can sign a max deal. They're, both those guys are probably going to anyway, but. What, how much of your future and your next contract are you thinking about when it comes to deciding whether you're good enough to play? With these two, mm-hmm. right now, if I'm KD or I'm Clay, it's not going through my mind at all. If I'm if I'm KD, whether I get injured or not, come if I come back and get injured, then I can just blame it on coming back early and then I've got a whole offseason to prepare. You're getting a max deal wherever you go. You're getting the super max. You're getting every, or whatever it is. You're going to get it. Clay, uh, I think the same for Clay because I don't think Clay wants to leave uh, um, Golden cool. State. Mm-hmm. And, and the owner there has already said we are going to offer Clay a max deal when he's he, – they've already said – he's already said he's going to do it. So I, I think that there's enough faith in Clay. And how often is Clay Thompson ever injured? That dude, I feel like he's the one on the court more than anybody – on this Golden State team. This is the first playoff game he has missed. So there you go. So In his career. So, you know, you get a little something happen to him, a little tweak of a hamstring or something. That happens a lot. The guy's played, you know, a, 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 what has he played, ten, nine, ten months out of every year mm-hmm. for the last five years. So it's a lot of basketball. Uh, he just needs some time to, to wear off. I, I think if I'm Clay as well, I'm not worried about it one bit. I'm just worried about winning this, especially if they lose this game tonight, which uh, they are currently down 13. So uh, it's you know it's getting closer and closer to them being down 2-1 and needing both of those guys on the court. Yeah, and I, I think I think we I f- just have a gut feeling, really having no inside information or anything, obviously. Just a feeling like they'll both be back for Game Four. It sounds like at least Clay will be back for Game Four because um, he said, "I can't imagine missing." Uh, he actually said that about this game. So they must have told him, "Like, look, we 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 got home court back after we split in Toronto. Even if we go down two one, if you get those few days off, and there are, there are two and a half weeks off in between each NBA Finals game, so." You get you get all this time off. Exactly, that's an exaggeration. But there's so much time off. It's two to three game. I mean, it's two to three days. You never get that during the season. Right. So two days when you're when you're at when you're in 
at home in three games when you got to travel. So I mean, he's yeah. getting like six days off really when he doesn't have that. You know, when he misses this game. So because they played Sunday, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I think the next game Saturday. I want to say. Uh, so he, yeah, he's getting almost an entire week off by missing this right. game. Uh, for a strained hamstring, which isn't is isn't nothing. It's you know that's a fairly big deal, but it's not you know, it's not a major thing that he's obviously going to be out for the rest of the series or anything like that. So exactly. All right, so real quick, I think we got some breaking news here. You guys remember in two thousand eight, uh, the Boston Celtics won the NBA championship, right? Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce, uh, ESPN analyst who is a nutcase now, he's just constantly throwing out hilarious takes on whatever is going on. And most of the time, Jalen Rose, Chauncey Billups, and Michelle Beadle usually laugh at him whenever he says anything. Well, I'm going to see if I can make this play. And if we can hear it, I apologize to ESPN. Uh, you know, we're, what we're doing is critiquing it, which is legal. We're You can critique a song and play it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to this, okay. and we're going to critique what Paul Pierce has to say. Let's see if this thing works here. Paul here, 11 years ago today, wheelchaired off the floor for reasons he will keep to himself. <laughs> I have a confession to make. Whoa. I just had to go to a bathroom. I had to go two. to the bathroom. But why did you need a wheelchair to get to the bathroom? It was that bad. I, it was something went down. I had to <laughs> go to the bathroom. Oh, you were streaking. Okay, hey, you. Deuce, uh, huh? Injuries. <laughs> injuries are the story of tonight. Holy cow. The truth comes out. <laughs> That's the truth. Paul Pierce. The truth. Paul Pierce <laughs> said, comes out. So my man, my man needed a wheelchair because he, I think he, I think he, uh, I think he uh, had a little shart. And listen. Here's the deal. <laughs> Coming from a man who has who has had who has had the problem and the issue before himself while driving down the road, we've we've talked about it on this podcast. <laughs> I've I've done it to myself. When you think you got a little toot coming out and that thing turns into a little a little bubble and the bubble explodes and now you can't do nothing and you're on you know this is the NBA finals he's laying on the ground he acted like he was hurt so he could get on a wheelchair so nobody could see because they had white uniforms on it was a home game. I was game. going to ask do you remember whether they it was were a home game? It was a home game. He was wearing white. He didn't you know the streak streak. <laughs> so it, it the the confession is out. He went back, dropped a deuce. Congratulations, Paul Pierce. I'm proud of him for coming out. I'm, that's my critique. I'm proud of him for coming out and admitting, admitting that he really just had to poop. <laughs> he didn't say that specifically. Oh, no, but he did say that that was the end of the conversation. He said he had to go to the bathroom. He had to go to the bathroom, he whether it was number one, two, three, whatever it was. Can, uh, can, can I just go ahead and say it was number two? <laughs> well, that seems to be what uh, Jalen and Chauncey thought it was. But uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting revelation that he uh, gave us a little insight into. I'm. <laughs> what do you think about this? Well, I mean, I, I would. I would. I don't know that I would have went that far. But if you think that you might be uh, having a little brown streak down the backside, and you're in white, and you are in the NBA Finals on national TV. On in prime time, and you're the best player on the court. He ended up getting the MVP that year of the finals. Here's my thing. When you are in the middle of a basketball game, just you aren't – I feel like your adrenaline and your 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 focus on the game, 
no matter how bad you have to go, you aren't even thinking about it. You don't know what That's he ate interesting. last night. You don't know what he ate the night before. Well, Anything could have happened. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I'm just saying that this is, this is, uh, this is an awesome, an awesome take, Paul Pierce. I'm so happy you finally confessed. <laughs> and and but when you're on, you know, if you, if you had something bad to eat and you fall. And, you know, somebody fouls you hard and he hits that. But you might – I've had times where I was farting during during games. And, I like, a couple times I was like, whoo, you got to clinch up a little bit. <laughs> you don't know. There are times. Uh, so, yeah, I can say that I'm, I've been there. Now, if somebody would have got me in a big gut bust or something like that, I don't – you don't know what could have happened. Those are big men, man. It's a, That's interesting. And you know what? It's interesting. That's uh, – <laughs> I think that's where we will leave the finals. Okay. For now, that sounds good. And uh, and we will jump into something. So I have a little quick story for you. Uh, this past weekend, I spent some time. I have these big plastic bins at my house in upstairs bedrooms that I don't use except for storage. That are oh, I'm really gonna have to not watch TV now because there's a horror movie preview on. But um. <laughs> I'm, so I went through those bins. I have all kinds of old stuff from growing up and from being in my teens and 20s. Um, old stuff that a lot of I need to get rid of. I needed to force myself to get rid of stuff. Right. It's just junk. So anyway, I, I went through several of those bins, went through all this old stuff, which I love doing. I am the most sentimental guy you will ever meet. I'm a little bummed out that you were getting rid of this stuff because I'm a, I'm a pack rat myself. And my dad, I can tell you, our, your Uncle Randy would not be happy with you for going through those bins and getting rid of things. But I, but it's something that everybody should do from time to time, I believe. And I know that I needed to do it. Um I still kept a lot of stuff I shouldn't have kept, so you'd be probably proud of me for that. But um, among the things that I I forced myself to get rid of, and years and years have gone by where I went through these things and I decided to keep them, and I finally convinced myself it's time to let go. So you and I went to a million Reds games, especially from like between our 17, 18 years to, you know, when you started having kids or whenever we, we, there was a span though, for about four years where we went to, we went to, you know, 20 to 30 Reds games a year, just going and buying top six seats or buying the cheap seats. There was definitely a a good span of time. Yes. Now, so from some of the best times of my life. Absolutely. I love those times. I I got back into baseball then. I, I just like started loving baseball again in my late teens or something like that. And, and we started going right at the end of the uh, of uh, Riverfront Stadium yep. and going into into uh, Great American Ballpark, which opened in 2003. So this, so I had a stack of tickets and scorecards because I you you really taught me how to keep score sure. at, at the game. Um, Something everyone should know how to do. Absolutely, it's it's a lot of fun. Helps you stay focused on the game. Anyway, so. For a long time, I was keeping score at almost every single Reds game I went to. So I have a stack from like 2003, 4, 5, 6 of scorecards and tickets from okay. games that we went to. So I went through these scorecards, kind of looked at some of them, and you know it was kind of fun to look at the names and uh, that were on these teams and who pitched and what everybody did that day. And during Reds games, every single Reds game in the, I want to say, fifth inning, I believe, they put up a scoreboard stumper, which is just a baseball trivia question, 
and it usually one of the answers usually has something to do with either the Reds or the team that they're playing. It's exactly, some, a player yeah. that's involved in the yeah. game. Okay, um, and I would write those down. I would write the question and answer down because we, we would we would pick out. It was always like it would be five guys or six guys, and we would have like nine people on a list. We yes. like all right. I'm pretty sure it's like one. It, it's six of these nine guys. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we did pretty well. I think yeah, I feel like we were pretty good at it. back then. I was a big baseball stat nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Big, uh, big history, big history guy. I know you yeah. are, and I, I was too. Um, so I found a couple, a couple of these things. So most of the ones that I went through are thirteen years old. Sure. So a lot of the answers to the trivia questions may I either knew for sure or I thought may have been a little bit different. There may be another guy or two on there by now or whatever. So the yeah. two I found two that I'm that I'm pretty much a hundred percent sure that are still valid the the answers are still valid i wanted to ask you these and see if you can get them and then doing a little extra research on those i found one more so i got three quick scoreboard stumpers for you see if you can get them so are we about are you about to give me a scoreboard stumper from 14 years ago to a game that we went yes you feel like you're going to remember it absolutely no chance okay Exactly, and okay. that's why I want to ask. I'm you excited about this. Let's th- do it. You'll I, have to rethink. First off, off the top. Of first your head. off, do you know who the? I, I need to know who they're playing at the time. Do you have a year oh, and boy. who they're playing? Because that's a big. That's a big part of getting at least one easy answer. That's okay if you don't have it. I can still do it. Let's See do in it. this in this first one. In this first one, I don't know that any of the players in the answer were involved in the game in fact i know they weren't they had to be i i don't believe so right, maybe, so it, was maybe just, it was a special they might have been day the it might have been a special it might have been I'll a special day Uh-oh. i can find out because i brought oh he's got <laughs> the brought the scorecards score with I, him i rewrote down the uh questions on this okay. notebook so yeah. that i could write them bigger because my eyes aren't what they were 13 sure. years ago okay and i wrote so small i love that you have this bronson arroyo by the way uh for those of you not being able to see on youtube or facebook live uh bronson arroyo on the cover uh what year we got here 2006. 2006. So, holy cow. As I suspected, because a couple of these guys did play for the Cardinals. So, there's hint number one. Okay. This was from a game against the Cardinals. All right. Since 1900, five players have 750 or more stolen bases. Five players. Okay. 750 or more stolen bases. That's a lot of stolen bases. Mm hmm. All right, so and nobody steals bases anymore, so it's no current players. Right, of course. So that makes it nice and easy. Uh, Seven hundred and fifty. So you got Ricky Henderson. Correct. You have, uh, uh, man, I can't. So all right, now since nineteen hundred. So let's try to find. Let's do my favorite thing and try to get some old guys. So there's one old guy, one real old, old guy. guy. Everybody right. else played in your lifetime. Let me go for Tris Speaker. No. Oh. Uh, how about Nap LaJoy? Incorrect. Okay. Um, this is a guy you associate more with hits than stolen bases. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Huh. 750 stolen bases. Ty Cobb. Correct. Man, okay. That's your old guy. Every These other guys, so you already got Henderson. There is one other older guy um, who I would say 60s and 70s that he played, and the other two... Yeah, the other two were 80s, 80s and 90s. 
So this is killing me because I'm sitting here thinking. Uh, I know exactly who Ricky Henderson beat. Who his? Oh, well, let's. Uh, how about this? What about Rock Reigns? About Tim Reigns? That is one of them. All right. So you got three, and the other two are the Cardinals. <laughs> right. The other two are the Cardinals, and I'm sitting here going. Uh, I can see the guy in my head who had the record before Ricky Henderson, and for some reason, my dome piece is going through a blank. Um, this is the guy from the '60s and '70s. Oh my God! How can I not think of this guy's name? Short first name, I'm... short last name. All right, you gotta get, you gotta just say it, just say it because this is making. So that no one sense. is Lou Brock. Oh, Lou Brock, you stinker! All right, so the <laughs> other one's a Cardinal. So then, uh, if it's a Cardinal, so I'm gonna go. I mean, you know, you got Stan Musial, but there's no chance he's gonna do it. So then I would uh, roll the dice on a guy like uh, I don't know. How about Willie McGee? No, that's a pretty good guess, yeah, but not thanks. correct. All right. Uh, when did this guy play? Uh, like 80s eighties into the early 90s. May have retired like maybe mid-90s. Oh, mid-90s retiree of the Cardinals. I, I got no idea. You're going to have to give it to me. Vince Coleman. Wow, Vinny Coleman. All right. Well, I got three out of the three out of the five, right? Not bad. I'm Not pretty bad. I'm pretty excited about so that. That's your All five right, players, seven hundred fifty or more stolen bases. Next question. Next question. Four players have five hundred home runs and eight gold gloves. I love this question. Oh, that's a good one. All yeah. right. So who were they playing? They were playing the San Francisco Giants in this game. All right. So I'm gonna say uh the fir- wow, the San Francisco Giants. Barry Bonds? Yes. All right, Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr. Correct. Uh, so we this got other guys. This other guy also played for the Giants. Bonds Jr. Oh yeah. So you got Willie Mays. Correct. Uh, Bonds Jr. Mays. Wow. This other guy is going to be. Hold tough. on. I think I got a pretty okay. good idea on okay. these. I think I've got these here. Okay. How many total were there? Four. There's four. So your I've first got, three guesses uh, were three of the four. Th- I got three of the four. Um, so I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw two names out there. One which. It, you would have said is an automatic. I, I don't know why I would even think he'd have a gold glove, maybe because he had a cannon of an arm, but he was, you know, he was a big guy. Uh, he had a lot of assists we learned last week on this show. Babe Ruth. Incorrect. Uh, okay. Uh, 508 gold gloves. 508 gold gloves. Uh, let's see. This guy I, played in the 80s. 508 gold. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Was a teammate of Pete Rose, Mike yeah. Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a good one, Mike Schmidt. Oh, I love that. That was a great question. Yeah, I, I like feel that like one. I did good on it, so it was a good you question. Did, you did do great. <laughs> All right, here we go. Last, last one. one last but not least, six members of the 500 Home Run Club are also members of the 3,000 Hit Club. Six guys with 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Okay, so we'll start off with Babe Ruth. Uh, incorrect. Oh, I'm sorry. He's got 2,800 and some. So Hank Aaron. Correct. Uh, Willie Mays. Correct. Uh, 3,000 hits. So there were, let's this see. This is tougher. 3,500. Uh, I'm going to go with, what about a guy like Eddie Murray? That's correct. Okay. Very good. Uh, and then what about Palmero? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. So Palmero. And your two other guys, one is fairly recently retired and the other guy's still playing. Uh, so Albert Pujols. That's correct. All right. And then fairly recently retired, um, 500, 3,000 hits. 
Mm-mm. You're gonna Mm-mm. you're gonna guess this, and you're gonna guess the six guys in like seven guesses, and I'm gonna give you a kiss on the mouth. If maybe. I could, and the one that I guessed first was Babe Ruth, and I knew that was wrong because I just <laughs> looked his stats up last week on the show and was surprised that he didn't have three thousand hits. All right, this is gonna be just recently retired. I was about to say the Hulk, but it's not Andre Dawson. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go. All right, just just give it to me. Who's 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 the who's the last one I didn't get? Alexander Rodriguez. Oh, the cheater, the cheater, the cheater, <laughs> the cheater, the cheater. Ah, A Rod. All right, so there you go. A Rod. I, I feel like I, I feel like I did pretty good. You did in there. very well. I'm pretty impressed Almost. with myself. You were surprised about the Palmero and Eddie Murray. I thought That's those. Right. I re- specifically remember those guys. One yeah. of them, I can't remember which one, hit a home run on their three thousandth hit. Oh no! Well, so so did Wade Boggs did that too, and so did uh, oh. so did uh, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter's three thousandth hit was a home run. Was it really? Yep. Good for him. So was Wade Boggs. Okay, let's go right into our MLB. From there, right into our MLB triple play. Three things about Major League Baseball. This is the this is the MLB draft themed. Triple play the MLB draft themed triple play brought to you by nobody because we we say these commercials and we don't get any money for them. But that's the same people fun. that uh, that sponsor EJ's Nito Stat of the Night. Oh, EJ's Nito Stat of the Night. EJ's no Nito idea what that is, but let's do it. Let's All right, so we'll start off with uh, well, the the first thing the the Major League Draft uh, I believe is still going on because there's four hundred seventy five thousand rounds. In the Major League Baseball draft, and they're on, I believe, like round number 86 right now. So it'll probably be another week or two before they're done. Uh, None of that is true. Um, However, let's talk about who the Reds have taken so far in their first pick. Number one, I was happy with this. They took a uh, left handed pitcher from TCU, Nick Lodolo. How tall is, is that, this kid? Is that how you say his name? Nick Lodolo, I think. He is 6'6", 200 pounds. He looks way bigger than 6'6", when he's on the mound. I mean, I guess Garrett, Amir Garrett, yeah. I believe is 6'5", or 6'6". Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like Garrett's pretty tall, but he's I just, big dude. for something about, maybe it was because he was so lanky, he just reminded me, looks-wise, of like a Randy Johnson. If you think he's big, the Reds' number, the Reds' fifth-round pick, Evan Kravitz. Out of Rice. Anything compared to uh, any uh, relation to Lenny? I don't believe so. Different spelling, I'm oh, pretty that's sure. Too bad. Um, 6'8", 240. 6'8", 240, another left handed, big left handed pitcher out of college. I love That's the best thing you can draft, in my opinion. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that in a minute, but um, so they did. They went with a pitcher, left-handed pitcher, with the first uh, first round pick, seventh overall. Um, they went with a high school shortstop in the second round. They went with a high school second baseman in the third round. They went with a junior college second baseman in the fourth round. They got that pitcher from Rice. They got uh, another college pitcher, uh, right-hander this time in the sixth round. So they've got, I mean, they drafted, I want to say it was like eight, nine pitchers, something like that, in the first 30 rounds. So so um, their so their first two picks were Nick Lodolo and Reese Hines, right? Right. First two picks. All right, so um, well, it, let's be honest. Uh, you know, the Reds have been drafting pitchers for a very long time. 
And I think I think it's a big I think it's something that most teams do and try to shoot for unless you get a, you know, fantastic, you know, somebody so high on your on your board because of the way that they hit or power numbers or raw power and things like that that, that teams look for now. Uh but this this uh the way the Reds are have been going, it's like let's get it let's load up on pitchers and get a couple of them to come through. I mean, you got a guy like Nick Senzel, who was the first pick. Uh, Hunter Green, who they turned into a pitcher as a first pick. Uh, Phil Irvin was their first pick in a, in the draft here about six years, five years ago. Uh, so so kind of split it up. Robert Stevenson was a first-round draft pick. So they've kind of split it up back and forth, pitchers and fielders. But now that they're getting a little lower in that draft order, uh, you see them instead of picking one or two like they have been the last couple of years, this is a little more fun here. So, uh, Nick Lodolo, pretty excited about this kid. Yeah. Big, strong lefty. I say uh, let's get his butt up here. Let's make him like Mike Leake and uh, never play a game in the minor leagues. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Although they're Straight not – out of Texas. They're, Remember they're, that? He came from Texas, got drafted, and whoop, right into the right into the big leagues. Right. And uh, it, But the difference is at that time they were in desperate need of a pitcher. Right now – the Reds are in better shape than they've been in in about six or seven years, yeah. right? So um, so they don't need to rush anybody right now. Now, by the end of the season, they might need to. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, I, you know, for me, the cupboard, as far as drafting uh, pitchers, the cupboard was bare for a long time. It was. The, the Reds' farm system did not have a lot of great pitchers in it. Um, they had good pitchers, but they, they just weren't developing. It seemed like you drafted a lot. We drafted a lot of high pitchers, but guys just weren't developing. Yeah, and and but it's starting. It seems like it's starting to come to fruition a little bit. Um, you know, they did. You know, you got Luis Castillo right now. Yet few other guys that along the way. You mentioned Mike Leak. Um, they have gotten up here, and and they've worked out. Fairly well. I mean, nobody's like setting the world on fire, except anything, for Luis Castillo. Except for Luis Castillo, and well, aside from his th- two or three of his last four starts, weren't. You know uh, what though? It, you know he still this is still only his second full year in the big leagues. It'll be all right. Yep. Yep. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I feel fine about him uh, for the most part. Wow. So anyway, that's it. Really, that's all you feel is just fine for the most part about Luis Castillo. Yes. Just because of the way last year went, he looks a lot better this year as far as being consistent. But the end of last year, he was almost unhittable. The end of last year, because he in was, the beginning of this year, he's been almost unhittable. Right. Now, to, like you said, two out of the last four starts were kind of rough. Right. But he he fought through some tough innings last night to to really gut out a really good performance. Which is yeah, which was awesome to see because he's got to do stuff like that. Sometimes he dominates the entire game. I mean, he dominates six innings and then he <laughs> and then he takes a seat. Um but I'm, okay. know, I'm 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 just learning to deal with it. Good 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 boy. Good boy. <laughs> now I'm Adam's dog. <laughs> we uh We've seen okay, so they're counting down. By the way, forty seconds left in this game. Toronto's up uh, one twenty-one, one hundred nine. Oh, I so. thought you were going to try to do quick math. It's twelve. Good right? job. Yeah, that's right. Um, now it's fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay. Sorry. See, got distracted. Yep, of got distracted by the uh, NBA Finals game. So anyway, continue. Toronto's up two-one. Uh, but the the Reds did take a picture for overall, first overall, or. For in the first round, seventh overall. Um, so I'm happy with that. We'll see what he does. You know, we've got these other infielders. You never know. I mean, it just, like you said before, 
the Reds it, are filled with with middle infielders. Their their farm system is absolutely filled with middle infielders. It, and it's funny because sometimes we will talk about guys who are drafted high, and you'll kind of pay attention to what they do and stuff like that, and they'll never end up they'll never end up getting good enough to be called up or whatever, or they'll come up and they'll just be you know okay players or whatever. But then once in a while you have a guy like Josh Van Meter who. I don't remember hearing about before this year, and he started just tearing the cover off the ball in AAA to right. begin the year, and they called him up, and you're like, who in the world is this guy? So anyway, um, it is all about you know how you develop. You never know. That's why character goes into to these drafts too, uh, to to picking you know high character guys and guys that you you talk to coaches and people around them and figure out who has the best work ethic and who, you know, is the best teammate and who has those um, kind of intangible, some of the intangible things that you want in your clubhouse and, and are going to be characteristic of guys that are going to put in extra work and, and be a big part of developing themselves because you can, you can hold the red staff, minor league staffs accountable for developing guys all you want. It comes from within first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Some people have it. Some people have the de- the desire enough to to make themselves better, to put in all the work they need to do. That some people just flat out don't. Now, you say that there there's intangibles. Would you call one of the intangibles is is an intangible being born uh, as someone who's related to brother, sister, uh, uncle, daughter, grandpa to a former major league baseball player. I, I guess that could be considered an intangible. It's a bloodline thing, a, a legacy bl- a thing. A legacy right? thing. I think we've uh, enjoyed calling them legacy picks here as of late right. uh, on the on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. There were more than 40 players drafted in the first 30, whatever it was, 32, 33, 35, whatever it was, mm-hmm. rounds um, over the first three days that have connections to – Major League Baseball, whether it was a grandfather, father, how many did uncle, you say? It was it was like forty three, something like that. So more than one, one, a more than one per um, round. round. Yeah, correct. That's insane. That's incredible. Now I'm not going to go through every single one of those, but some of the ones of note. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, Bobby Witt Jr. Obviously, Bobby Witt, and we're going to save him for a little bit later okay. because that's a big part of our third part of this triple play. But Bobby Witt Jr., uh, uh, son of Bobby Witt, who was one of my favorite players growing up, even though he played for Pittsburgh, which I couldn't stand. He was a pitcher for Pittsburgh for a while. I'm sure he played pitch for other people too. But uh, the closest thing to somebody with my last name. He's missing an H in his name, but I just I loved having Bobby Witt cards when I was a kid. I didn't realize, but Bobby Witt won a World Series with the Diamondbacks in 2001. Do you remember him being on that team? I never would have guessed he was on that team. Me either. Get ready to feel old right here, Chris. You ready? I'm ready. So Matthew Lugo is a shortstop that the Red Sox drafted out of the Carlos Beltran Baseball Academy in Puerto Rico. Julio Lugo. He is Carlos Beltran's nephew. I thought it was Julio Lugo's son. That's what I would Carlos think, too. Carlos Beltran's nephew. That doesn't make me feel old because, dude, you don't know how old somebody's brothers and sisters are. You know, he, they, yes. you know Car- Car- Carlos uh, might have been one of the youngest kids in his 13-kid family or something. And the oldest, you know, he might have he might have a 
a nephew that's older than him. Okay, maybe this will make you feel old. Okay. Carlos Beltran has played 20 years in Major League Baseball. I I do. I have heard that. That makes you feel a little old, right? That makes me feel old. Me yeah. too. Carlos Beltran, when he came up, uh, his oh. first couple years, oh. that guy was uh, the the typical five tool guy that everybody loved, and you th- and, and there was you know thoughts that that kid could be uh, a future Hall of Famer, which I'm not saying he's not, except for the fact that he's not. But <laughs> you know, it took 20 he years was for on him the to get 3,000 hits. Yeah, he did, and he got his 3,000th hit, I believe. Oh, uh, I don't know that he, or maybe he got that. 500 home runs. He got one of those two mile markers. I don't know which one it is. Well, then maybe that maybe that is the key for the Hall of Fame. Could then. be. Uh, so quickly, a few other guys that I think, you know, we would be familiar with Glenn Allen Hill Jr. His dad played major league. Baseball. Do I don't remember Glenn, Glenn Allen Hill. Hill. No, no. no. I feel played, like that's a name that I should remember. Played though, for, for the, sure. played for the Cub. played for a few different teams, but, okay. um, Christian Cairo, former Miguel? Red Miguel Cairo. Miguel Cairo. Nice. Uh, his, his father, uh, you have Blake Sable, maybe. Oh, like the uh, the former wrestler Sable's son? Uh, no, this is S A B O L. So I, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Oh. Anyway, he's a catcher out of USC. Pirates drafted him. Who's he? Two fourteen overall. To? Second cousin of Troy Palomalu. <laughs> <laughs> Second cousin of Troy Palomalu. Troy Palomalu has never met that guy in his life. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. How about Brock Bell? Uh. Jay Bell's. I was gonna son. say it's got to be somebody in our, you know, with the David Bell, Jay Bell, Buddy Bell. Well, Jay Bell's not related to those Bells, but this, but Jay Bell was he played for the Pirates and a couple sure. others, and uh, was a coach for the Reds for a while. Was yeah. a bench coach for the Reds. Are you sure he's not related to Buddy and and David and all those guys? Yeah, I'm, I thought that I'm whole positive, family. Yeah. There was like 400 of them, or I, something. That were there that were, were former but, average baseball <laughs> players in major league. They're all former average baseball players. Correct. Uh, but Jay well, Jay Bell is, I think, from a different Bell family. How about Nick Sogard? Eric Sogard is his cousin. He's the Blue Jays' second baseman currently, okay. Okay. and he's the nephew of Steve Sachs. Oh, you about know that. what? I think I've heard that one before. Uh, when when yeah, I think I've heard that one before. Steve Sachs had a nephew out there. The Rays drafted Nick Sogard. Uh, get ready for this one, Jake Randa. Steve Sachs was one of my favorite players. Also growing up, another Pittsburgh Pirate there for a little while. Uh, I'm pretty, or was he? A, no, he was a White Sox, wasn't he? He was a White. I knew yeah, he played I, that's for the White what I'm thinking. White Sox. Either way, uh, Steve Sachs super funny because when I was a little kid, it was so close to the word sex. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay. I used to I just like that. saying Sachs. I just liked that. I mean, I was like six years old. His last name was short for saxophone. That's oh, what I there thought. you go. Yeah. Um, Jake Randa, former son. Hey, the son, Joe Randa. Not the former son, but the son yeah, of former uh, Red. Former second baseman. And uh, who'd he come over from? The Rockies? Did he come from the Rockies? Uh, I thought Royals. Maybe. Yeah, that's Royals? right. He was the Royals. It was the Royals. I knew it was an R. Yes, uh, he was a well, he Joe was Randa. a uh, an opening day hero one year. Yes, I think he hit yeah, a game winning, hit a game home, winning run. home run. Um, how about Eli Wilson? Mm, that's got to be Mookie's a, Mookie's Mookie's no, kid, a catcher like his father, Dan Wilson. Oh, Dan, Dan Wilson, Wilson, former Red too. He played for the Reds for a little bit, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. I know. I remember him playing for the Mariners. He may have played for the Reds. I got. I'm pulling. Go ahead, because I'm pulling up okay. Dan Wilson. He played 14 years, so probably. Uh, I have J, uh, Jack Leiter, Al Leiter's son. Another one. Wow, that makes me feel Al Leiter, man, that's cool. Al Leiter threw the uh, the gem against the Reds in '99. The no the, hitter uh, against the Reds in yeah. the playoff game. 
<sighs> yeah, bad bad times. How about Brandon Fry? Mariners and Reds. There you go. Just okay. to let you know. I thought Dan he Wilson. played for the Reds. I Dan got Wilson this. Was I nice got this catcher. dog. I got this. <laughs> he actually started with the Reds, played two years with the Reds before going to Seattle. Did he really? Yep. Wow, I would have never guess that. Yep. Do you remember Travis Fryman? Yeah, sure. Travis yeah. Fryman. He was an all-star, actually. Fry. Uh, his son, Brandon Fryman, is a shortstop oh, out small of fry. Samford. Samford. Uh, Mets drafted him. Good work, small fry. Small, small fry. Brent, okay, so this was the coolest one, um, and I've got a couple, a few others after this, but right. this is the coolest one. So it was just today, 957th overall. Nine. This Major League Baseball 30, is so ridiculous. 32nd round. Yeah, I don't understand. There were over 1,000 draft picks. I don't know where they're all going to play. Uh, anyway. Nine, uh, most of them don't. They stay in college or go to college. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Braden Halliday, Roy Halliday, Roy Halliday. son. now I actually this kid won't won't come out because I heard he's actually a legit. He's actually a really good ball player. Oh, is that right? Yeah, plays at uh, Calvary Christian High School in Florida right yeah. now. Right-handed pitcher. Uh, yeah, he I was mean, being looked at by a few by a few uh, big big colleges, and and they did a story on him on ESPN or something like that, and he wanted to. Uh, it was something on the, the along the lines that he wanted to make his dad proud, blah 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 blah, and is focused so much on baseball, blah blah blah. So his his dad, all time great pitcher, is going to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame As he next should month. Be. Doc Holliday was and, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, his his late father uh, passed away at a very young age. But uh, why, why was, are you driving? Why are you driving this crazy one one person airplane over in the you know above the water and all this crap, man? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. You got too much money to be doing crazy stuff like that. I, that's why he's doing it because he has too I much guess. money. I guess he's got too much to money it. to do it. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, that's just that was just a cool thing. Yep. Uh, so really quickly, Luke Bell, who is the who knows son of Mike Bell, uh, nephew of David Bell, current Reds manager, uh, grandson of Buddy Bell, great grandson of Gus Bell, all former Reds, uh, or all, one of those last all two. average baseball players. His last two former Reds and David Bell, the current Reds manager. So big time Cincinnati ties for this kid. Who did he get drafted by? Got drafted by the Diamondbacks. Is oh, a wow. high school player in Arizona, right-handed pitcher, drafted by the Diamondbacks, 1,022nd overall. <laughs> that is so crazy. All right, give me the last one. <laughs> okay, last one. Actually, yeah, there are a couple more. Oh, okay. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Burardino, drafted by the Red Sox. He's Who's a first he related to? Out of Bentley. Dwight Evans. Remember Dwight Evans? Yeah, are you kidding me? His, Dwight Evans was a heck of a ball player. His grandson. Wow. Well, that gr- makes sense. Dwight Evans played in the late 70s and <laughs> then through the, through 80s, the mid-80s. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I had baseball cards of Dwight Evans. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel weird. You are old, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cole Roberts, Dave Roberts, current oh, Dodgers manager. Yeah. His son. Oh, good for uh, him. Shortstop out of uh, high, high school in California. Padres drafted him. Much so love for Dave close. Roberts. Uh, stole a lot of big bases in the 2004 uh, World Series uh, for the uh, Boston Red Sox. Exactly. One of my favorite, all-time favorite years of baseball in my life, watching those Red Sox play. A man that we watched play a ton when we went to those games we were talking about in the early 2000s, Jason LaRue's son. What? Tyler LaRue is a catcher. Imagine that. I currently don't know how I feel about Jason LaRue anymore, but go ahead. 
Yeah, I was never that big on Jason LaRue, to be honest with you. But he was a tough he catcher. Cried like a little baby when he got spiked or something. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, he only got spiked by Johnny Cueto. Yeah, big okay. whoop. Well, don't go running in at the, him when Johnny Cueto's up against the fence. What do you want him to do? <laughs> protecting spike himself. Him with he's metal protect, spikes? He's protecting himself. He's about to get his butt kicked. <laughs> with metal spikes. Hey, if he, you're coming he at stabbed me, him. I fight Johnny dirty. Cueto stabbed Jason LaRue. I fight dirty. If I'm backed up against a, a, a net behind home plate and I got nowhere to go, I'm jumping up and starting throwing and throwing kicks too. No, You're that's crazy. a lie. That's a lie. That is I a lie. I wouldn't do that. Um, I wouldn't. Car- I wouldn't have been in it. <laughs> exactly. That's I'd have. Some, I'd be that. holding Just somebody that I, I'd have be holding somebody back that I know really didn't care. To even be in it. <laughs> yeah. And the two of us would just be talking to each other. Talk about your favorite restaurants Look at these and stuff like that. idiots going at each other. Exactly. Um, Why did he bunt? I don't care if he bunted when it was a no-hitter. Who cares? <laughs> okay, so you got the last two I have. Carlos Correa, all-star shortstop for the Astros right now. His brother, not his son. You thought I was going to say his son. No, I not his son. Not. His <laughs> J.C. Correa is a shortstop. From Lamar University, drafted by the Astros, gets to play go. with his brother if he comes up in time. That's cool. Congratulations. Uh, very last one I have is Dylan Hoffman, a left-handed pitcher drafted by the Trevor? Padres. Nice. Uh, uh, the nephew of Trevor Hoffman. Oh, Hall that's of cool. Fame closer. Yeah. Yep. Drafted by the what, Padres. What? Uh, what round? Or what pick was uh, he? One thousand one hundred sixty-third. That is overall. so stupid. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing. I love Major League Baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport and my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> But that is dumb. His father, Glenn, also played in the major leagues, by the way. Good but for you, Glenn Trevor Hoffman. Trevor the more well-known. Glenn Hoffman. I don't remember you at all. All right, so speaking of legacies, we got a guy. Uh, so the first pick was a catcher uh, this yes. year, a uh, catcher by the name of, uh, what was his name, Rutschman. Adley, yeah. Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman out of Rutschman. Oregon State. And this kid, now listen. First off, before we get to the legacy part of this, which is the second draft pick, which was Bobby Witt's son, who was a high school ball player, uh, big shout-out to this kid. I've only seen this done one other time in my life. Uh, Buck Showalter with the Arizona Diamondbacks at towards the end of a year when they were playing in San Francisco against Barry Bonds, once with the bases loaded, walked Barry Bonds. I remember that. I've never seen that done again. That's the most respect you could ever have for somebody. This Adley Rutschman kid just a couple days ago in the College World Series in one of the opening rounds. I missed this. Yes. It was uh, – he. the bases loaded, and they walked him. And he's, like, looking around. Like, if that happens to you, you're the first-round pick. No greater so, respect than that. There's yeah. no greater respect ever than that and i and i like <laughs> as soon as that happened it was like okay that dude's going first because i thought bobby witt was going first that's all i kept hearing stuff like that yeah and then this kid got walked with the bases loaded in the college world series for one of the better teams in oregon state and uh got walked with the bases that's i couldn't even imagine that and and that's and not walked and i say walked he was intentionally walked <laughs> like you don't even have to throw those pitches anymore you literally walk up to the plate and they say go to first i want you to score a run that's they're l- allowing you to score a run do you because the they're situation? scared what you're going to do uh i remember the situation it i mean was, obviously it was weren't. bases loaded and they gave him a free pass does it matter what the situation is well, it's bases loaded and they walked him so and he bats in the middle of the lineup they I mean, were they were winning by the team that walked him was winning by more than one run I would say, 
if they're walking in a run because they're not going to walk him in to tie the game. I I can't imagine you do that. I don't. Maybe that's the exact reason why they did it. They didn't want to give up the go ahead run. They'd rather right. give up the tying run. So they gave uh, up the tie. Listen, I don't, I don't know what the score of the game was. All I know is you took a guy with the bases loaded and intentionally walked him. And if you're doing that in this Adley Rutschman kid, first first uh first pick in the MLB draft out of Oregon State, catcher, obviously is hitting two three four. Somewhere there in the his batting lineup for Oregon State, more than likely third. That means you still have the middle of the lineup up to come up against this guy in the next at bat who's going to have to face them with the bases loaded. I, I, it doesn't matter the situation. It Nothing matters at that point in time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I've ever – it's so nuts. That's Congratulations. Impressive. Good for you. Very impressive. Good for you. So let's so so legacy. Bobby Witt, though, he comes out second. He's in high school. Shortstop out of high school. He Kid is, is uh, supposed to be phenomenal. So, and his dad, by the way, Bobby Witt was the third pick. They were the first father-son to ever be picked in the top three each in the major league baseball. Yes. All right. So he was so Bobby Witt, uh, let me Tell me what you think about this, though. College picks versus high school picks. Because you already said that you loved uh, uh, pitchers, veteran college pitchers being drafted. Yes. And, and that's what I feel like. And I get it. You know, there's maybe more upside or more, uh, you know, more room for a possible higher ceiling with uh with high school kids and you have if they agree if they sign instead of going to college if they sign with your team you have more time to develop them the way you want to develop them i get all that i get you have these super athletes and everything and you want to you know a lot of teams just want to go with the best available the best available athlete or whatever for me i'm looking at pitching first most of the time and I'm looking at college players first it's it's I just believe that they're more battle tested they have played at a higher level against better definitely have seen better better players players, right And, and um I just feel like they're closer to being able to help you and I I would if if a kid's 22 or 23 and he's a senior and he's a fifth year senior, I'm more inclined to go after him. Maybe give him even a couple of years in the minors. But I think you know he's he's already been there. He's yes, he's seen the talent level that he's gonna see at least at first. Yeah, and then as you rise up, you get a little better. But you're already developing. You've already developed to a certain point. You've gotten coaching. You know, at the college level instead of the high school level, but. That, and, and I just feel like it makes more sense to draft college players because they can help you sooner. And I don't care if you're a 26-year-old rookie. If you're 26 and you can give me five or six really great years, yeah, I'm fine with then that. Then you did your job. Yeah. So this is uh, something a little concerning to me about Bobby Wood Jr. This kid's been phenomenal for the last couple of years in high school. Everybody talks about him. This kid's about to turn 19 this month. He's all that's that's pretty old for a high school senior. All right. Yeah. So he's been playing above his competition for a while already. What's going to happen when this dude steps in? This is a, it's going to be a whole nother, another level of competition. You're playing. You go from being the best, the best and the eldest and the strongest and just being a little because at that age, there's a big difference between 
kids that are 17 and 19. That's a huge difference. And if you're just about to be 19 years old, that you're 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 like an old man. That's like I mean, I don't know. It just seems a lot older to me. It seems like you've been above and beyond everybody. Little, I'd be a little nervous about how he uh, steps into the big leagues. You know how that stuff goes. You have do I kids in your? No, I mean you you have kids. In I your remember class. I remember how it was when I was when I was getting yeah, drafted. You grow no. I'm <laughs> I'm saying you grow up and you have kids in your class that are older than most of the other kids and some that are younger than, than most of the kids. Depends on when your birthday, you know, falls and when your parents start you in school. It's I, you know he's not 19 yet. He's getting he'll ready be 19 to within the next couple of weeks. Okay. But he's 18. I mean, I'll, that's really old. That's like a year. That's I mean, it's I graduated with a, I graduated with kids that were 17 when we graduated school. He's almost two years older than some kids. He's not. He's not. He's like a year at the most older than most of the kids. I tell, the no, most. I disagree. He's going to be 19. And in most June. other kids are either already 18 okay, or going 18. to be all right, 18 all right, soon. All right, all right, I'll give you that. A year, but still, a year and a half is a bit. It's is not a, a year, bit difference. It's more. It's closer to a half a year than it is a year. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I feel like Stop you're making fun looking of me. at you're 19 laughing like so hard at me. No, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, he's like eight months older than a lot of the other kids, and you're like, this kid's 16 years older yeah. than these. Uh, I keep no, thinking about it like young guys. Like There's a lot of kids that were 17, turned 18 in August, and I thought they were so young because I was, I was almost a full year older than them. See, but so I turned, you know. But I would have turned 19 in September, so it was only one month later. So, yeah, it so wouldn't be that. Go. Yeah, so it's a month and it's a year and a couple months. Either way, okay. it's still old. He's an old man. One other thing. He'll be about, great. <laughs> so, so good be luck fine. to Bobby Witt Jr. You know, having – Having relatives, especially when it's your father that played, especially a long time, had long major league careers and were yeah. good and had success and all that kind of stuff, that's, that gives you a big advantage. They played at the highest level. They know everything you need to do, all the different work you got to put in and stuff like that, and they can coach you up from the time you're born. Those people have, those people have an edge on most other kids. Sure. Um, which is fine. That's great. And, I, and, and we've talked about this. So I love seeing all the, all the, you know, we just talked about all the guys that I remember that we remember um, growing up, seeing, seeing play and stuff, their kids coming up. Um, one thing that was interesting to me, though, we mentioned the very first pick. Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman, who Baltimore took. He's a catcher. And that got me thinking, how many times has a catcher been drafted first overall? I feel like it's rare. You know, I feel like I heard something like 2008 or 6 or something was the last time there was a catcher that uh, went first. It was, in fact, 2001. 2001, 18 years ago. That happened to be Joe Maurer. Wow. Well, Joe I mean, Maurer. that was as good a, that, yeah, I was mean, it, as good a catcher uh, as, has, as there's been. That, in the past 18 years. That so. was a great pick. Yeah. Before Joe Mauer in 2001, 1985. Holy cow. There's been two. So you're telling me there's been three. Since 1985, there's only been three catchers drafted first. That's correct. And wow. only seven ever. Wow. First overall. Wow. First overall, at least since that, 1965. That's crazy. So 1985, who was the, who was the guy in 85? B.J. Serhoff. Okay, yeah. B.J. Serhoff was good. Um, he played for the Marlins there for a good amount of time and some other teams. Played for the Brewers, yeah. Brewers. Um, he got, yeah, he was drafted by the Brewers, right, and he jumped around a little bit. Um, he was a college catcher, went to the University of North Carolina. There you go. Um, so, and, and same with 
Adley Rutschman, college catcher, Oregon State. Joe Maurer, high school kid. Uh, so, but anyway, so Maurer, I, I just, so Maurer was a high school kid. Maurer was a high school kid. Um, let's see. You had 1966. Steve Chilcott was the first one. I can't believe that BJ Suroff was drafted back in 1985. Wow, that is so long ago. I feel like he, he was put, number one. Bobby Witt Senior was number three. Uh, Barry Larkin. By the way, was he like never played five for, or he something. Never played for the Marlins. Bonds was sixth or something like that. Barry Bonds and Barry Larkin were in yeah, that draft yeah. and, um, in '85. Wow. So anyway, you had uh 1966 Steve Chilcott, 1970 Mike Ivy, 71 Danny Goodwin, uh, 75 Danny Goodwin was drafted again. He was drafted as a high school player in '71 and then out of Southern University again in '75. First overall both times. Wow. First of, and four years later. Yes. Wow. Yes. That so was, I guess they figured it out. Yep. He and didn't want to come out, so. And then that was 1975 that he got drafted the second time. Then 1985, B.J. Surhoff. 2001, Joe Maurer. 2019, Adley Rutschman. Good for him. Congratulations, Adley. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's, that puts you in – I mean, that's a pretty special number there, right? It seven is. ever. To be able to say you're one of seven major league baseball players to do something is pretty pretty yeah. – <laughs> I mean, unless it's something really bad, right? So, so you asked me, and I gave my opinion on the on the college versus high school pick. Yeah, I mean, unless so, so my my idea is unless it's something incredible, like in in unless it's a kid that you know, you look at him, a Bryce Harper, a a Mike Trout, where you're like the the amount of talent is so ridiculous. I you would be crazy to do anything else than draft them, unless it's that which happens once every maybe five or six years, where you get somebody like that. I mean, Hunter Green was that way for the Reds, and unfortunately, due to injuries, we we still haven't been able to figure out exactly who he is. Right, but that it happens very seldom. So, other than that. I'm a I'm a proponent of the money ball of Billy Bean. Billy Bean was a high school. He was the the first I believe he was first or second pick in Major League Baseball draft and at a high school. And he swears that he should have went to college and that would have made him a better ball player. He never made it. Uh, he might have made it to the big leagues for a cup of tea or something or a cup of coffee or something. But I, I it wasn't any kind of major York league Mets, career. Right. right. It wasn't any kind of career. So. um yeah, because wasn't it like Dykstra or something like that yeah. was the guy he was going up against or something? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, it's it's one of those things that he regrets and he th- wishes he should have done. And he only takes college kids when he drafts, which I don't know if that's you know still 100% true. I'm sure if there's, like I said, that one single guy that's going to be phenomenal, then maybe he takes that, that high school guy. But Billy Bean's a big proponent of it, and Billy Bean drafts better than just about anybody in all of baseball. So... If if that's how he feels, that's how I feel, and that's how I feel. I I just I oh, just what a think, bummer. We all agree. I know. Just uh, I know you hate when we agree. I do. It's <laughs> such a bummer. No. It's such a bummer. Um, all right, I, I need you to do me a favor okay. while you continue to talk. Look up the 2019 spelling bee because we we got about uh, we, we're we're in here in an hour and a half, and we're we've been doing this for an hour and a half so far. I want to end this with a good 10 minutes or less or more of the spelling bee. I already have them up. That's you already have them up. What did you do, 2019? 
2019. I'm going to um, do 2018 so you don't see uh, – so you can't – so we don't looking at the same ones. So this is uh, all of the words that uh, kids were eliminated Ooh, for nice. when they spelled them wrong. <clears throat> all right, so I just have the full list of words. Oh, no, wait, here's – Anyway, so how are we going to do this? Let's figure out how we're going to do this. So first off, you want to do a little background on the reason why we're talking about the spelling bee? Yes. So the 2019 Scripps National Spelling Bee was was the last week, I guess. Yep. And an unprecedented finish to this thing. So there were, now I'm going to forget how many consecutive rounds the eight players that were left players the eight spellers that were left we'll call them players i'll call them spellers <laughs> in fact they're many of them, i'm sure they're all math athletes yeah <laughs> no i don't want to make fun of that it's quit making fun of math athletes, man i was I'm being not, serious i'm not making fun of anybody i i i will make fun of a math athlete i will not make fun of a math athlete because i'm uh i wish i was so me too that's probably why i will make fun of them. <laughs> uh so they ended, they stopped the contest because there were eight kids who continued to spell, I want to say it was like eight or ten rounds of words correctly, and they were running out of, they said they were running out of words to challenge them. Wow. Which is incorrect. So many uh, professionals and experts came on and said, there are so many more words so you could have. So let's be honest. What what really happened was the dude who had to keep telling these people what the words were and their parts of speech and and the definitions. That dude was bored out of his <laughs> mind. And he said, you know what? This is the longest we've ever gone. We're sitting on 12 hours of kids spelling words. <laughs> There's eight of you left. I'm done. I need Paul Pierce to pull up in a wheelchair and get me out of here because I got to go. Here. I got to drop a deuce. <laughs> what happens? Because these are long things. What happens if you do got to drop a deuce and you're the dude reading in there two people and they go back and forth? Uh, there might be two. There I have think to there's be two, two people. people. I'm pretty sure there's two people. <laughs> so you got time to go back, do your number one, your number two, your number three, whatever you got to do. And, uh, But I, eight kids won. Eight kids, which uh, feels like this goes along with the everybody wins kind of culture that 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 we've uh developed developed here. into this ridiculous world of ours <laughs> but you know what it was i don't know i'm 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 okay with more than one person winning but in this case eight eight come up with some more words i i know there's eight people left how many rounds did they go before they uh of those eight kids all being there there's one little girl this dude said some word like be Sally Kantieth, and she was like, mm, that's a verb uh, based off of Latin, this, that, or the other. Like, she told that dude <laughs> what the word part of speech and definition was. Like, first off, don't do that. That's what Derek that's Dietrich why, would do. That's why that's we're showing here. off. That's, that's, that's why we're here. Okay? We're here for you to spell, not tell me what the daggone word means. If you already <laughs> know it, then just spell it just. and sit your butt down. That's why the stupid spelling bee took 400 years to finish, and there are 80 of you guys now got to share one medal. Yep. Good luck cutting that she, bad boy she out. Watched, she watched her home run go. She stood there and watched it. Um, so 
what we're doing, uh, we're just going to challenge each other. What do you want to do? How many words do you want to do? I mean, we are getting uh, that. All right, let's do let's let's make it nice and simple. We'll go for five. We'll go for five words. Okay. I still don't even have a list here. Okay, so you are you are going to start. I'm going to give you a word to begin. Um, and your word to spell is cyclamen. Cyclamen? Yes. I hope you don't ask me to use it in a, I can use it in a sentence, but I can't tell you sure. the definition. Yeah. The word you need to spell is cyclamen. That's yes. A, that's, cy- that's the that's the sentence. Cy- cycl- cyclamen. Got it. Got it. C Y C L A M E N. Very good. Is that right? That's correct. Holy cow. Very Holy good. Holy cow. All right. You're going to have to wait a second. Uh, where in God's name? You can just take my phone and ask me one because I haven't really looked at All any right, of these. Give me this thing. Give me this thing. This I'm terrible <laughs> at this. All right, here we go. I'm going to go to round eight. Here we go. So and somebody was eliminated to... in round eight with this word. Oh, these were eliminated words, huh? They were they were words that kids spelled wrong and were eliminated because they spelled it wrong. All right, here we go. Um, I don't know how to pronounce any of these, so I'm <laughs> I just know do this one. Tough for me. That's why you got cyclamen. <laughs> Bodirun. Bodirun. Bodirun? Or maybe it's body run. <laughs> Am I helping you Jeez. do this? <laughs> oh, this is, how about this? This is an easy one. Flasser. <laughs> Flasser. Flasser. <laughs> um, can you give me the region? Yes, it is from the region of Flass Nation. <laughs> F L A S S A R. Oh Flasser. no! It <clears throat> it's just one S and an E R. F L A S E R. Man, I oh. was like, man, that's a super that, easy word. Is that Flazer? Oh, sorry. Maybe it's Flazer. Listen, if you want me to read the words right, <laughs> it's we should short. do something different. <laughs> if the if the vowel is short in the middle of the word, I assume a double consonant after that. Anyway, what is a double? How am I winning this right now when you just use the word double consonant? <laughs> consonant is anything that's not a vowel and if you have a double like a double s or whatever it makes the vowel in front of it short like a a instead of an a yeah but it's an er so that takes the whole thing out of the word <laughs> no it doesn't look just give me a damn <laughs> <Okay>. word <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i can't pronounce any of these either um let's go with uh Flasser. No, <laughs> and I, I now have, here we go. I have some words here. Right. Let's do this. Yurchuk. Yurchuk? Yurchuk. Hmm. Yurchuk. Yurchuk. I'm going to say, I'm going to get it wrong with the first letter. Does it start with a Y? <laughs> it does start with a Y. Oh, okay. Y-E-R-C-H-I-C-K? No, not too far off. Y e r t c h u k. Oh man! All right, here we go. So here's your word. (laughs) This is a good one. (laughs) Oh god! Oh, these are really easy words. Okay. All right. All right. Here you go. Ready? Here we go. C a t. (laughs) Not that easy. Oh. Uh, Where did the word go? I wanted to use because it was really funny. It's just a funny word. Nostril. (laughs) <laughs> oh, N-O-S-T-R-I-L. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> this is, I got some weird, where do I go here? 
Where's the champ words at? I figured out how to use this website now. All right, ready? Pelargic. Pelargic? Pelargic. P-A-L-A-R-G-E. Sorry, G-I-C. Very close. P-E-L. You said pelargic. That's pronounced pelargic. pelargic. That's pelargic. <laughs> okay. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Okay. Give me your phone. I'll sound it out. <laughs> I'll sound it out each letter for you. All right. This is your third <laughs> one. I'm going. I'm going to round. Uh, I'm going to round. Uh, twelve. Okay. No, good. I know not. all the words in round twelve. Man, if I could pronounce some of these, I would say. <laughs> I know. Okay. Here we go. I got this one. Rasenkris. Rasenkris. Sorry. Rasenkris. Resin Christ. R E S E N K R E I S. Very close. R A S S E N K R E I S. Oh, you said Resin Christ. I said Resin. I said Resin Christ. I said Resin Christ. All right, you go. You go because I got one more after this that I want to do for you. All right, let's go. This is the last word. Make it good. Lichnoscope. L I C H. T, no, L-I-T-C-H-N-I-S-C-O-P-E. <laughs> L-Y-C-H-N-O-S-C-O-P-E. Give me that stupid phone. This is so dumb. What are, <laughs> yeah. These words don't even make there's sense. There's no way anybody is still listening to this. No, there's no <laughs> way. But this is the last word because this is a good one. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> yeah. I just want to get I one right so bad. Teddy Gonid. <laughs> Hold on. Teddy Gonid. It's a Teddy Teddy Gon Teddy Gonid? Let's keep it clean here. <laughs> hey. I, it's not Gonad. T- it's Gonid. T E D Y. Say it again. Teddy Gonid. <laughs> Teddy Gonid. <laughs> okay. T E T T Y. G O N I D. So close. T E T T I G O N I I D. Oh, double I. There's no reason for a double I in that case. (laughs) I don't even know what sound that makes. Is that an I? And does that make it like, does that make it sound like an O when there's two (laughs) I's next to each other? Yeah, it's the old Teddy Ganode. The old double I sounds like an O. So ridiculous. All right, that was a lot of fun. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. I'm way worse at that. I I I always felt like spelling was maybe my best subject in school. Oh, like I was always a pretty good not speller. Me, not me. These words though that little that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade kids are spelling. Yeah. I've never heard of. I can't pronounce. I can't spell. I don't know the. See, I anything about no nothing about them. I get nervous when I when I'm in a spelling and it, well, I used to get nervous. We did spelling bees, and then if you like won the class, then you got to go to the spelling bee for the school. Yep, I'll never forget it. I think I was in like third or fourth grade, and the teacher looked at me. Oh, you're standing up in front of class, and she said rock, and I said R O K, and I got out on rock, the very first word of the entire spelling bee in our class, and everybody <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I was just, you know, I'm there for for comedic fun. <laughs> yeah, it was on purpose. Sure, completely on purpose. Completely on purpose. <laughs> I am a terrible speller, and if you put me on the spot when there's a ton of people around, I'm even worse. 
And also the fact that I don't know how to spell anything. You know what my favorite spelling bee is? The one in Billy Madison. Oh, it's a good one. She says yes. couch. <laughs> C O R R you going to the mall today is what I'm asking. <laughs> Billy Madison, what a phenomenal fella. Adam Sandler back when he was really good. Man, uh, if you haven't watched his Netflix special from, from I, I just months, heard that it was really good. So good. It was really good. Oh I'm my excited gosh, about so it. Good. He did really good on the uh, he was good on Saturday Night Live. He was. He was really good on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Um so you got anything else to go for the rest of the day today? We got, I don't. We got Joe Leonard. Adam, what's your Twitter that uh, we can get a hold of you on the tweet box? Adam Schmidt 44. That's S C H M I D T. Like Mike Schmidt. Like Mike Mike Schmidt. <clears throat> no relation. No relation. No relation. Five hundred three thousand. No hits. relation to you and Bobby Witt, by the way. Mm, he correct. spells he spells it wrong. He spells it W I T T. I'm sick with it uh, on the tweet box. S I C W H I T T I T. Catch us every Wednesday night on Facebook Live. We are come on around ten thirty ish, and if you can't make it on Facebook Live then you can catch us on YouTube or iHeartRadio or Spotify or iTunes, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud. Uh, just the names keep going because I don't know them all, but they're on every every platform you can possibly be on. You can catch us out. And uh, Adam, have a great day. Don't forget to turn your headlights on. Maybe don't forget to turn your headlights uh. on. Uh, uh, why is my uh, uh why is the uh, uh, for some reason the uh yeah the i iP- the ipad decided it's not gonna work cold close this is cold is close? this gonna be a cold close should it be <laughs> sure why not i'll tell you what we're doing right now and that's a whole lot of nothing so uh in that case don't forget to turn your headlights on and have a great day <laughs> <laughs>